Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. This is my fifth message in the series called Hope in the Soul. Now, let me remind you to be sure to go back and get the other message messages in this series and the previous series called Hope in the Spirit. These messages about having hope in the soul are really where the connection is made. Your soul is the deciding factor in determining what actually manifests in your natural circumstances. The message for today is called, Know Your Heart. In a previous message, I asked if you're seeing God's will manifesting in your life. Now, this is a sincere question, and I'm asking it this way intentionally. Many times I find that the good things promised in the Word of God are not coming to pass in people's lives. More often than not, I've heard people say, it must not have been God's will, or why did it take God so long to answer? As if he had made the choice. You know, he's a good father, and he cares deeply that we get to know his heart. He takes such pleasure in each one of our favor and blessing and prosperity. Now, I realize we have a well-known description about King David in that he was a man after God's own heart. This is a pretty common desire among Christians to know the heart of God, and it is a good desire for sure. I was sitting with the Lord one day, and, and I was asking what was on his heart. I wanted to know his heart. But he spoke a phrase to me that that kind of startled me. He said, you really need to get to know your own heart. (laughs) And I actually touched on this in a message that I just preached where I discussed our motives in different situations and whether we're acting out of reaction or revelation. This is either walking by faith or by sight. So why was the Lord pointing me to becoming aware of my own heart? Why was he focusing on this? Many times it seems like we can learn the principles of biblical truths and still find ourselves asking why those, tr- those truths don't always seem to work in our lives. I want to talk about how to overcome that. If you want true results in your life, look into your own heart. The verse I'd like to start with today is Proverbs 4.23, where it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, if you can imagine a natural spring of water, which bubbles right up out of the ground, this is the picture I see when I read this verse. But you know, if the ground on the surface was contaminated, it would pollute the water regardless of how pure that water was when it started coming up through the ground. You know, we have the ability to live in the fullness of the fruits of the Spirit if we've been born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. However, we also have the ability to contaminate the purity of that spring of water which is coming up through us if we allow evil thoughts, motives, or actions to continue unchecked in our hearts. You know, Jesus said, if it happens in your heart, you've already committed it. So he said, if a man looks at a woman lustfully, he's already committed adultery with her. He said, if you, if you hate your brother, you've already committed murder. So he said, if it happens in your heart, it's already happened. So this does not change the righteousness of God, which is imputed to you by the death of Jesus on the cross, but it can stop the principles of God's blessings from, being, from producing results in your life. So have you been able to experience God's goodness 
over the last couple of weeks or months or years? Are the principles of the kingdom of God active and producing results in your life? There was a time that the wickedness in the heart of mankind was so evil that God destroyed the whole earth with a flood. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, everything that God has done since the foundation of the world has been to redeem the hearts of men and women. And the message of grace shows what has been in God's heart all along. However, a delay in the actions of God does not mean that he has no ability to act or that he he decided to simply ignore all other actions. In, in fact, in 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, this, this verse actually says that God is waiting us out. He's willing to wait until the conditions of our heart line up with, the, with his promises so that they can come to pass in our lives. He's not slack concerning his promise. His promises are yes and amen. In fact, you know, when I think, why did God create the world to begin with? He did not create the world to have something to punish. He created all of us to have relationship with him. And he is relentless in his pursuit of us. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. All of the realities of the kingdom of God are decided in the heart. This is where true repentance happens. In fact, in Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, it says, The word is near you. Uh, It says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now I'll talk more about this a little later, about with the mouth bringing it to pass, but it all begins in the heart. I actually went through the New Testament and did a search for all the verses that talk about what happens in our hearts and how that manifests in our lives as either good or bad fruit, bad results. Jesus continually pointed his disciples back to the condition of their hearts and how that was affecting their lives. He would consistently teach that the true reality happens, first of all, in our hearts. In the parable of the sower, Jesus describes the word of God being scattered as seed, and the results of the, uh, the condition of the heart is really what dis- determines the results or the harvest. So I'd like to read that in Luke 8, uh, starting in verse 4 and going through verse 15. So Luke 8, 4 says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, 
To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now that's a great description. And I'm so glad that Jesus went through and described this to his disciples because it really helps us to understand as well. In fact, you know, one of the foundational scriptures that we stand on when it comes to praying and believing and seeing results happen in, in our lives by faith, it's Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. It's where Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, or the one translation says, have the faith of God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Notice it all hinges on the phrase, and does not doubt in his heart. We all want to see the good results in our lives, but so many times we are unwilling to be honest about what is truly in our own hearts. It's easy for us to see this even in the natural world. Jesus actually described this in Luke 6, uh, verses 43, 44, and 45. I'd like to read that since it's right here. Luke 6, 43. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Again, the connection of what's in the heart coming out, out of our mouth. But seeing that, the results that happen really come from what actually is in our heart. The question that keeps coming up in my heart is, why is it so difficult for us to simply deal with the negative things and the issues that we find in our own heart? Who are we trying to fool? Yes, our children try this all the time. They say or do what they know that I'm expecting to come from them, but I'm constantly asking the question of them though, what's in your heart? I want them to understand this principle that whatever is in their heart will eventually be revealed. Trying to act differently on the outside and fool people into thinking that you've got your life together only results in negative consequences for you. So what truly is in your heart? Do you know? Are you willing to have the Lord, the Word of God, reveal to you the thoughts and intents of your heart? 
True honesty and humility are the first basic requirements to seeing your heart purified before God. Remember, you must first be born again to begin to see change happening in your life. I feel like the Lord was focusing on this with me to help me understand that this process of purification is one that we never really outgrow. We should always be open for examination and allowing the Spirit of God to make us more like Him. Again, let me remind you that this is not about becoming righteous by your works. You are the righteousness of God in Christ if you've been born again, because the finished work of Jesus on the cross made this so for you. But this this is about allowing the kingdom of God to manifest in your life in greater and in deeper ways. This transparency in your heart is so that you can ask what you will and see it happen because you have no doubt in your heart. Jesus focused on this all the time and so we should be as well. I think sometimes we are afraid of what we will find if we allow our heart to be examined freely. Isn't that what produces the results that we're desiring though? I started our time out today by talking about King David and how he has become such an example of seeking God with your whole heart, even when you've made mistakes. David was a man who made major mistakes of adultery and murder, and yet his deep trust in the goodness of God allowed him to open up and become vulnerable before his heavenly Father. I want to invite you to pray a prayer that David prayed and be willing to allow God to deal with you and to cleanse the things that he finds in your heart. This prayer of David is in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, where he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen to that. You know, God is so good. He will lead you into the eternal life of of knowing him, and you will begin to see the power of God working consistently in your life, and through you in the lives of others. Be open to receiving from him, and you will find yourself becoming more and more like him. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless you. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm